reading. I've often wondered, and I don't know whether um, you have, where Thomas was on that first Easter Sunday night when the risen Jesus um, appeared to the disciples. And, you know, had he popped out to get the takeaways, we can imagine him coming back with the order, five fish and chips, seven hot dogs, eight spring rolls, 11 donuts, and three large bottles of Diet Coke. Uh, only to find that everyone's so excited about meeting Jesus that nobody wanted to eat anything. Poor Thomas. Wherever Thomas was that evening, his fellow disciples were there behind locked doors. Um, they were fearing attack from the authorities. They were still deep in that shock and trauma of the death of Jesus. And, and then Thomas eventually turned up to find himself bombarded with astonishing stories of Jesus having appeared to them. We have seen the Lord. I wonder how you would have felt if you'd been Thomas. That shock and disappointment must have been enormous. The only one to have missed out. Uh, we talk about FOMO, don't we? That fear of missing out. Um, here it was. Apart from this mention of Thomas, we, we only hear about Thomas perhaps two or three other times uh, in the Gospels. And the first time that we meet Thomas, it's just after Jesus has announced that he's heading back to Jerusalem. And his life has been uh, seriously threatened and the disciples try to change Jesus' mind and they fail. And Thomas says, let us also go with him that we may die with him. And, um, you know, we're not quite sure whether that was sarcastic or some sort of fatalistic uh, way of putting it or some sort of bravado, really, uh, trying to be a hero. We don't really know. And yet um, such a bold gesture from Thomas, that willingness to go with his Lord uh, right to the end. And then another time, um, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for what's going to come and for his leaving them. And he tells them that he's going to prepare a place for them. Uh, you know the way to the place where I am going. And dear Thomas bluntly contradicts Jesus. Look, well, we don't know where you're going, so how on earth can we know the way? Um, he's, he's just so out there and, and saying just how it feels to him. And his honesty is rewarded as he draws from Jesus one of the greatest claims that Jesus made. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you take those different stories of Thomas together, you get a picture of, he's a very down-to-earth, blunt, direct sort of character, um, capable of big enthusiasm, but also he tells it how he sees it. And he's not afraid to put it out there exactly uh, what he's thinking and feeling, and I admire Thomas for that. Some have suggested that Thomas wasn't there because he might have gone back to work, um, as it were, that while the other disciples were in lockdown, sheltering behind closed doors, Thomas was perhaps one of those people who find it easier to cope with the tough things of life and with disappointment or sadness or grief by just getting out there and getting on with life. Um, not in denial necessarily, but knowing that he, he himself would feel better if he was out there doing what needed to be done. So I wonder if Thomas would be one of those essential workers today, out there faithfully doing his job and willing to take the risk of putting himself out there for the greater good of the community. 
And of course, many of us in lockdown have been relying uh, on those very people who are out and about uh, shopping and at work doing the things that need to be done. And we're hearing inspiring stories, aren't we, of people around the world and here. Uh, the medics, nurses, doctors, supermarket workers, funeral directors, pharmacists, researchers, they're all putting aside their own anxieties and concerns to care for others who are more vulnerable or in need. Other people have suggested perhaps Thomas had gone back to work because he was desperately trying to get things back to normal. And if he was, he certainly wasn't the only one uh, because in John 21, we, there's another story of Simon Peter and six of the disciples who go back fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, intriguingly, Thomas is mentioned in that story too. Uh, that's the one where Jesus uh, ends up cooking them all breakfast. But perhaps that was why so, it was so hard for Thomas to accept what his friends were saying, we have seen the Lord, because he'd been out there trying to get back to normal, uh, to get back to ordinary life for better or worse. And keep in mind that the last time that Thomas had probably seen Jesus was when he was on the cross and Thomas was among those disciples who'd fled. And so that was so hard for him, probably what the other disciples said was probably to him just so much wishful thinking. He's a real hard-boiled realist and I admire uh, people like him. So when Thomas does eventually see Jesus in that wonderful grace-filled moment when Jesus reveals himself to him, it's, it's a dramatic turnaround as he meets his Lord, but I think he also realizes even more than just the resurrected Jesus, that here everything has changed. There's a new reality and there's no normal to go back to. I mean, how do you talk about normal when someone has been raised from the dead? Everything has changed, the past, the present and the future. And I think that's why John focuses so much in his gospel on um, the, the resurrection appearances of Jesus in the garden. It's like the Garden of Eden is recreated. And now we're not just talking about a resurrected Jesus, but also the beginning of a new creation and a new humanity is beginning as well. And uh, Mark, I just wonder if you'd put up this picture of um, one of my favorites of the resurrection. And it takes a bit of getting your head around, but this is one of um, Stanley Spencer's. He did a series of the resurrection at Cookham, which was his local churchyard. And this is his picture of what it might've been like for the resurrection of the dead. Um, and, and Matthew's gospel tells us that people rose from their tombs at the time of Jesus' resurrection. And so you, here you have this amazing picture. And do you notice, um, that the, the people are tidying each other's hair. And he actually calls this the resurrection tidying. Uh, everyone's getting up and getting tidy. And it's, um, it's a rather lovely sort of use of the imagination to think about what resurrection means, not just for Jesus, but for the whole of humanity. So coming back um, to us now and, and to Thomas, Thomas has had to let go of um, the old normal, if you like, and to think about the new normal and open himself up to a different reality. So Jesus says to, to Thomas, you have seen, uh, you have believed because you have seen me. 
but blessed are those who have not seen me and yet who have come to believe. I love that phrase, come to believe. So often for us, it's a process and it goes on right through life. So to come back to us and to think about us at this time, I guess the challenge for us is to reframe that wistful question on our lips, how soon till we can get back to normal? A question I think it's very easy to get a bit stuck on. And then to perhaps to ask some different questions, what will we be free to do and to try and to be in this new normal? What will we carry forward with us from what we're doing at the moment in our worshipping and connecting and learning and living and working and being together? What part of the old patterns of our life seem suddenly no longer essential, but perhaps not even that helpful in light of what we've learnt together over the last month? How will we nurture our faith going forward so that we can be out there tending our bigger community who are going to have some very big physical and spiritual needs over the months ahead and within our community as well? Will we continue that realisation that we've come to that we, all of us, um, as congregations and communities and countries and humanity, are inextricably bound to each other and we're all in it together at a world level. We're dependent on one another. God is still at work by the Spirit in creating and recreating and sustaining us to do things that perhaps we couldn't have imagined previously, but we're going to need to imagine now as we choose to work together with God towards new creation. We know that's not going to be easy. Uh, when Thomas saw Jesus risen before him, he had to let go of some of those old beliefs and ways of looking at things as he faced the future with his Lord. And so our shift into the new normal is probably going to be a few new normals, isn't it? And yet um, we pray that as we go forward with Jesus, we'll be able to adapt to those changes together and know that Jesus goes ahead of us into the future. Uh, Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today and forever, um, the one who we believe will lead us into God's new future. So I pray that we can go ahead together in faith. It's not going to look like it was, uh, but with Thomas, we let go of that old normal and walk into the new normal day by day with Jesus forever. Amen. <laughs>